I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You might think that today's gospel is a call story, or a story of discipleship, a story of evangelism. And you would be right. Even more, though, it's a miracle. After all, is it not miraculous that Jesus appears in Galilee after John the Baptist has been arrested, echoing his message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near, then invites four fishermen to drop their nets and follow him, and immediately, immediately, they do. Simon Peter and Andrew are just casting their nets into the sea. James and John are busy repairing their fishing nets with their father Zebedee, all preparing for a normal day of hard but rewarding work on the Sea of Galilee. We have no reason to think that they were unhappy, longing for something new, and yet when Jesus arrives preaching, repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near, off they go. In a time when people had to be threatened, coerced, and enticed to leave their homes, families, and employment to join the army of the Roman emperor, Empire, Jesus offers a simple invitation. Repent. Which really means something more like be of a new mind, or change the way you think. And he invites them to the kingdom of heaven, rather than the, than the empire of Rome and the ways of the world. Thankfully, God gives them the wisdom and the courage and the grace to follow. Christ draws them draws them with a vision, a hope so beautiful, the kingdom of heaven, that they leave all. They change their way of thinking. They long after a new vision, and they follow Jesus, who immediately starts to live into this new vision as he teaches and heals every disease and sickness among the people, as he proclaims good news the good news of God's vision of the kingdom of heaven, which is not later after we die, but come near now. A kingdom where sins are forgiven, lives transformed, tombs emptied, enemies reconciled, and the ways of the world are being overturned. And right after this, Jesus expands that vision of the kingdom of heaven, preaching the Sermon on the Mount, proclaiming that the poor in spirit, the mourning, the meek, the peacemakers, those who long for righteousness, those are the ones who are blessed. Not the rich and the happy, the bold, the winners. Average guys, fishermen, see anew inspired by this vision. Jesus doesn't threaten them, doesn't enumerate their sins and what they must do to be forgiven. Rather, he offers something beautiful to behold, 
in his words, in his actions, in his life. In her book, Walking on Water, Reflections on Art and Faith, Madeline Leangle, former writer in residence at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine and beloved children's author, she explores a Christian approach to art in this book. She doesn't much like the notion of Christian art, but she writes, we draw people to Christ not by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. A light so lovely that they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. That light is what Jesus offered Simon, Peter, and Andrew, James, and John, and that's what he offers us. That is what we are to offer others in our words and lives. That's what St. Paul offered as he roamed all over, sharing the story of his conversion, pointing to Jesus, inspiring people to change their hearts and their lives, to give up religions, ways of life, life, the ways of the world, to follow Jesus Christ, to start communities where rich and poor share their goods in common and care for one another. As he writes to the Corinthians, Paul says, I came not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, which in the Greek makes gospel a verb. So he's saying, I came to gospel. I came to gospel, to be good news, to show forth in my life and words this vision of God's hope and love. And by living in this new way, Paul showed a light so lovely that people wanted to know the source of it. This light, this vision is so different from the world that we can struggle to hold on to it, to live in new ways, in the ways offered again and again by God's word and Jesus and scripture. We struggle to forgive and love, to be humble and generous, to be servant of all. Worse, sometimes we don't just fall short, sometimes we Christians do real harm, offering a light that is harsh, judgmental, ugly. St. Paul faces that in one of his prized communities, the church in Corinth, to whom he writes today, admonishing them for falling away from following the humble, self-giving ways of Christ, falling instead back into the ways of the world, treating the rich better than the poor, developing factions and stoking conflicts among them. In this letter, St. Paul offers them again that lovely vision in his chapter on love that inspires us to this day. Love is patient and love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, 
endures all things. Love never ends. This is a vision of love. It's not the love as the world offers. Not romantic love just for one person or even love for friends and family, those people we like. This is love rooted in the love of God. A new way of being, a changed mind that aspires to the kingdom of heaven. This is selfless love that Paul lives, offers, describes, because he has known, is inspired by the love of Christ, the love shown on the cross, the cross which, as he writes, is foolishness to the world, but not to those of us who have caught the vision, those of us who are being saved. To we who are being saved, the cross, though confusing, disorienting, the cross is lovely because it points to the lengths God will go to love us. It is the sign that God has the power to bring life out of death, to save what is perishing, to transform our hearts and our lives. It is to this vision of love that Christ invites us and to which we are to invite others. It is this vision, this truth, that inspires fishermen to drop their nets immediately to follow Jesus. It's a tall order. It's a tall order, follow me. The good news in it is that Jesus calls us as we are, where we are. We don't have to transform ourselves to make ourselves acceptable. Rather, Jesus calls us in our lives as they are, uses the skills we already have, and promises us that he will form us into who he needs us to be. Just as he promises plain old fishermen that if they will follow, he will make them fish for people. The good news in this call is that St. Paul promises that we are being saved by the foolishness of the cross, not once, but over and over again, as we are inspired by the lovely vision and then we fall back into the ways of the world. It's a miracle it's a miracle that any of us follow, yet we have thousands of years, billions of people who have dropped their nets to go. We cannot do it on our own. It takes a miracle. But the miracle is that we have a God who loves us, Christ who forms us, a foolish cross and a light so lovely, we must go and know and share the source of it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.